Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Marble Guys podcast. As always, I am Jordan, your host, and I am joined on my left by Spencer. Yo, 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 what's up? This this finale show literally ended about three minutes ago for us, so we're running on um, straight emotion and just saw it so we didn't you know double back and check everything out mm-hmm. this is going to be a recap episode of the finale of the falcon and the winter soldier and so if you've seen it join us if you haven't obviously take your time watch it first uh please do like uh and uh, subscribe on facebook and our podcast for all the new ones um but let's get into it yeah. so first emotions when when the credits rolled i i was uh I think I, I told you right before we got to, I think, what the actual end scene was. Like, I was like, they almost got me because I was, I was about to uh, shed a couple of tears there. Uh, that was a I, – I, I very much enjoyed the last episode. And, by the way, just like we said in the last episode, sometimes when we get out here speculating, sometimes it's best to just kind of like – Reel it back in. Reel it back in. <laughs> just a little bit. Don't get too excited there. Yeah, I was checking my hood on my little sweatshirt here because I was drying up tears. I was crying Yeah. Uh, when when uh, Isaiah was uh, thanking Sam. It was uh, That was tough. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> I, There was like three moments in the, the show where I was tearing up, and then yeah, that, when, uh, that, that when Isaiah be. started getting emotional, I was starting to let the tears fall a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a really good episode. My, uh, what I really wanted, they, so like they tied up all the storylines. Mm-hmm. So, that's great. I do think, just my personal opinion, that they said screw logic with a couple things. But again, this is like superhero stuff. So right. <laughs> occasionally we have to be okay with that. Uh, but overall, I man, what a, a great show! It wasn't. I think the last episode was a little bit more exciting uh, in terms of how it flowed, mm-hmm. but this one, it was really one story because there was only one area where all the characters were, and so it was a lot of action. It was a lot of um, exciting back and forth, what's going to happen, uh, and less like craziness where we're discovering new things all the time. It was it was Sam's party you know sam's coming out party yeah for sure it it definitely felt like that too like it felt like he was kind of taking over really um which he did (laughs) ultimately he took over the role but uh yeah um i i will i would agree with you that like the last episode was uh more exciting in its own way of uh not really knowing i mean you don't really know what's coming around the corner in this episode either but you're you're also expecting them to tie up loose ends because it's the finale so like you're you already have these expectations of like okay we know that these certain storylines are going to come to an end with episode five there's still stuff that can happen like it it was like a different area so like yeah this this episode had its uh had its very awesome moments though like oh absolutely amazing moments there were there were twists and turns all over this episode. I think yeah. part of the episode five uh, being so great is that uh, it 
it escalated speculation. Yes. <laughs> you know, this yes. one t- uh, brought back the speculation because mm-hmm. it's the finale. Right. And, you know, we're no longer speculating. We're reacting to what we saw. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was an emotional roller coaster. Uh, there were m- a brief moment where you thought maybe Sam's, you know, going to get injured. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to take a bullet. We'll see how he reacts to it. But the bullet wasn't able to be shot. Um, I mean, the biggest twists and turns have to be Sharon confirmed as their power broker um, and then John Walker <laughs> redeeming himself. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's so shocking to me. And it's kind of cool because, like, they didn't give it away in the last episode at all. Like, nobody would have spec. I, I have not seen, you know, I take in as much Marvel content as anybody. Mm, mm-hmm. Nobody was suggesting that he's going to be all, all of a sudden redeemed in one episode, but it right. makes sense because he was basically just let go. They said, you did so many great things for our country that this one act is not going to put you in prison. You are getting a blank slate moving forward, but you're no longer elevated. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out and he's just like, okay, I'm going to do some good. And so now he's like back on the semi good side, you know, and that's just not it. It felt like he was spiraling out of control. So whatever happened in between uh, the last episode and this episode, Hmm. apparently he was able to kind of find his center of of gravity again. I will tell you what happened in between both. And I caught it right away is uh because it actually kind of makes sense now because him and Sam's storyline, both of their storylines are actually like mirror images of each other in a way because he needed to be cut down. He needed to be knocked down a few pegs, but at the same time realize that he's still something and that he can still do something. He didn't have that North Star that we we talked about with Battlestar anymore but he does have the memory of it and that was why it was so important and I pointed that out in the last episode breakdown that he put the Medal of Honor on his shield because we saw him in mid-fight when his shield's getting broken he's looking at it and it was in that moment because you hear the music and you see his facial expression and I told you, like, as we were watching it, I, you know, you fully expected him to go into rage mode and then just start beating the crap out of those guys. But he didn't. He still stopped them. It was controlled rage. But he didn't kill them. It was controlled rage after looking at the Medal of Honor. And blinking ferociously like he was going through a painful metamorphosis. Yes. And so, uh, and then we saw from the rest of the episode that he worked with Bucky. He, uh also like wasn't confrontational with them so i think that they had like i said it was like a mirror image of him and sam's storyline in this show um and and i and honestly it 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 did a lot for me it wasn't here's the thing i personally and, I, and this is because I'm not a, a writer at Marvel, but I think I would have like staved that off just a little bit because to me, it was one of those things that was so shocking and so bizarre that it almost like threw me way off. It happened really fast too. Exactly. Like 
10 minutes like almost too <laughs> screen time you know? right so i was like okay and like it, it makes sense because of what i just said about the medal of honor and all that stuff but like at the same time i think that was maybe rushed by them and it, it almost felt like to me if there was an episode seven and that was the finale in some yeah. way that that would have been the time to do that but regardless once again marvel keeps you on your toes because nobody like you said was expecting this at all we had twists and turns we guessed and they gave us different ones yeah (laughs) yeah and marvel has this way of dangling out this thought or idea like after episode three i believe everybody's like sharon carter is the power broker I think, <laughs> and all this time we were coming up with reasons she's not right because it was so obvious that she kind of was. Because I threw it out there to you last episode, I was like, "Well, you know, there's a very small percentage chance, but like, what if it is Sharon?" Yeah. And you were like, "No, there's no way. There's no she's way. She's only been around. She got snapped. Logically, right. it doesn't make sense. Right. But they told us throughout this whole series, she's the power broker. She's the power broker. She's <laughs> yeah. the power broker. Yeah. And we all said no. <laughs> right, you know, <laughs> right. like some people really truly believe she was, but it, it, you have to ignore some level of logic because of her being snapped, unless they're redacting that. Um, she didn't have the time to build up, you know, unless this She's, has been a plan for a long, long, long time, and right. then that would start to make more sense. If, mm, okay, uh, we would have to look at the timeline again. Um, because I feel like Infinity War happens very soon after Civil War, right? Yeah. Like almost immediately. Very soon. Right? Because she gets axed basically from her job after Civil War. And then she's kind of like, quote unquote, like on the run or whatever. Yeah. After that. So. I'd say at, le- at least no more than a year and a half, like maximum. Ma- yeah, right, right. So whatever kind of plan, yeah. Man, that's kind of, mm, that's odd. And the reason I say that, I thought it was actually shorter, but th- remember uh, Tony and, and Chris, Chris, Steve, didn't talk to each other for the longest time. And so yeah. there was some sort of um, Element distance. Element of time. And then right. uh, Thor and, and Hulk were still in outer space and whatnot. Right. Um, so there must have been at least a, a, a small gap in time. There was enough time for her to become very highly thought of in the hierarchy of Madripoor. Right. I just don't see how she has roots that extend, you know, yeah. 20 years. So that's what I'm saying, too. I think, and I think we kind of talked about this a little bit, but, like, I, I think that maybe maybe she's, like, working with somebody and maybe she's not really the power broker. Yeah, she might be the face like, of it. She might, Yeah, she might be, like, the, the, uh, the working body of it, but she's not the power broker, you know? Um, and it, that makes sense because of the final scene, mm-hmm. like the power broker. I feel like that the top dog is usually sitting on the throne while Not other people are calls. out actually doing things for them. Exactly. Like they don't, if you are the most valuable asset to the organization, you don't infiltrate a government. You mm-hmm. get somebody to infiltrate a government. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So I, I would say that the power broker still, I don't think the identity is revealed yet. They may not know. They may just be like, let's make her the power broker for now with the caveat that we can always say you didn't know this eventually. The Mandarin. Because that's how Sam is right now. Sam does not know all that um, Sharon was doing all this time. Yeah. That, so it, he trusts her because she shows up 
ready to fight for his side, but yeah. she put in a, hit, a hit on him. I, I got to say, that scene was done extremely well because Sam does not know that she's, like, basically double-crossing him. Yeah. So, so I, I and love we're not exactly sure scene. what she wants to do at the time of it. Yeah, the motives seem kind of all over the place. Yes, which also makes me think that she can't not she cannot be the lead person. She can't be the top dog if well, she almost that died. Sporadic. She exactly. got shot. Exactly. The power broker would not put themselves in a place to be shot. Exactly, and the whole essence of what a power broker is that doesn't fit the bill to me for Sharon Carter. Like, a power broker to me is, like, somebody who is, like, literally capable of giving someone power. Like, uh, you know, like the, the, the doctors who injected Steve with the serum. Or right. uh, the other doctor that we saw in previous episodes that was creating the serums. The, the multiple different serum. Um, so, yeah, that, that makes a power broker to me. she led them to her doctor on payroll. That doesn't right, make sense. Right, right. You know? Like, I, I get it. She's the power broker for now. She is. That's that's the story that we've been given. But long term, it makes more sense to have somebody pulling the strings even that she's attached to. 100%. The only problem is she is a double, triple agent. So she's not really loyal to anybody except for herself, it seems. Which I think, like, we made that prediction that she would die. And, and she got I, shot. I, I, so we came well, close. Well, I, I, I still think that that's a possibility because of her being like a double triple agent like she doesn't really have an allegiance to anyone and if if she's not really the power broker then yeah that that i think that story still happens because she ends up double crossing the wrong person but i will say i will say that to me this could be where we see advanced idea mechanics pick up I think this is where maybe it comes in because she's talking about like technology and all this other stuff, like having access to advanced technology and stuff like that. I, I think this is where advanced idea mechanics kind of picks up and, and, and you know, uh, gets its grounding in the MCU. Yeah. So. And immediately after we, we were talking about like, okay, so where does that come in to play here? Like it would make sense if within the next six months they announce a Captain America movie starring Sam Wilson. Yeah. I think that's the most likely thing. Uh, possibility they could go season two. But th here's the thing I'm learning from these series is they don't really impact the future. They are a mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. and they sum up their storylines and tie it all up and finish their show. Mm -hmm. So uh, Loki may be different. I don't see how Loki isn't different because right. time travel is so... <laughs> It's so integral to the moving, you know, storyline. And and it, I've been hearing rumblings too that there's going to be a season two to Loki already. Yes, so. well, Loki was the one where they didn't like push that away immediately. Yeah. So that I mean, and maybe that's and it. it. Maybe Loki's future is Loki. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just doesn't seem like these shows are built to set up a future scenario. And nothing has really done that so far. All the only thing that uh, WandaVision did was, spoiler alert, um, set up her as a direct rival, so to speak, to Doctor Strange that mm -hmm. we already knew was going to happen. So basically, right. yeah, I mean, we we knew that she would be a big part of Doctor Strange, and they didn't really cast a a, a villain. Yeah. So there was going to be maybe a couple anti-villains mm -hmm. um, or anti-heroes, depending on 
you know, how you look at it, glass half full, glass half empty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and in this show, the way it ends, there's no like seeds for the future except for U.S. agent and Sharon Carter's making this call. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's a lot of things you can take from this episode and put into future stuff. Right. But like there's no direct, there's no direct- oh, that's a storyline. Right, right. And and that's maybe that's my like speculation brain picking up on like her saying stuff like that and then be like oh there it is aim and you know you know kind of like we did (laughs) with uh with uh, way too quick mephisto but it's mephisto right but to your credit there they don't do end credit scenes for no reason unless it's a comedy one right and it wasn't a comedy one it was her directly calling somebody in a mischievous way saying we have access to weapons now right who is we Right. That's the the key is that they she has to be a part of an organization or she's the head of an organization of something that's coming. And also um well not also because when the uh prisoners the soon to be prisoners were going to the raft, Zemo killed them. Mm-hmm. And so that storyline is not available. And by the way, when when I when I saw them blow up and the car mirror was there, mm-hmm. It looked a lot like Professor X. <laughs> and I thought, it who can blow things up with their mind if they right, really try hard enough? Right. Um, yeah, but it wasn't. It was just the old guy that works for Zemo. <laughs> and I'm like, man. okay, it's Zemo. Yeah. I was really quiet uh, when that happened. But yeah, that that's what I'm noticing with these shows is that they tie up their own loose ends and then they so, say, okay, here's what we are left with moving forward. Now we'll figure the next thing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and, I, and I like that. Um because they kind of once again they don't get too far out into like crazy things loony land right because <laughs> that's like, our job right it's exactly it. that's our job that's the fans job is to go out there and be like all oh, the x-men are going to come in in wandavision and you know all this like, crazy stuff right but like wolverines and madripoor <laughs> yeah yeah mystique mephisto and, and wow what a what a shot by the way because like madripoor you're thinking mystique in a way and then they cut to Sharon Carter the first time and she like like her face morphs from the dude and you're like oh my god is that Mystique and then yeah. she just like pulls off this like tech face mask the technology in this universe right now is incredible incredible right but um yeah I mean uh, I don't know I, I think that this could be where AIM comes in though like this is th- this is I the seed planted it. for AIM I would assume because if you're gonna do it in any series that's upcoming, it would be this one. Yeah, and the one that's grounded in governmental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I, would I, like I to see it. yeah, I, I think this is where AIM comes in. Now, if we get like Modok in the MCU, that's a whole other thing. But like you know, at least we have potential seeds graviton planted. action. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, what did U.S. Agent mean to you when we saw that U.S. Agent is now what? Uh, this was like a musical chairs episode. Everybody yeah. switched names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now John Walker is going to be US agent moving forward. Uh, Val told him when things get weird and they will get weird, mm-hmm. the world's not going to need a Captain America. They're going to need a US agent. So where, where do you think, where's your speculation brain going with that one? Uh, kind of what I've been talking about that he's going to be like the leader of a like anti-hero kind of group that's uh once again like working in the gray area not really truly good nor truly bad 
but they do like dirty work basically and yeah i mean that's the whole emphasis on the you know that's when things get weird you know you don't when things get weird you don't call captain america usually called deadpool right yeah so you know that's that's the way i look at it or uh james gunn <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i got a right. weird idea yeah. how about you roll with it um we actually despite a little bit of elevated uh predictions we did pretty good we did actually this whole yeah, we series did we did quite well on predictions and just this episode we did pretty great we actually you know? did really good I as think. far as deaths we were pretty pretty right on because mm-hmm. one of us had bat rock die i can't remember which one of us picked I, them i, I, I thought i remember. picked them but you think you picked them too and so i have no clue yeah um but bat rock went carly went and sharon almost went she sh- if she wasn't the power broker in this episode she would have been killed as a a, a death just a throwaway death not, mm-hmm. not throwaway but um sam obviously the suit but it was the action figure suit that, that <laughs> literally I, I has come out be. right yeah. so um so that's cool. Like they 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 stayed they stayed kind of close to comics in that one with the suit. They did. And once white. you release an action figure, you're kind of stuck too. Yeah. Um. And then Carly died in Sam's hands, which I don't know if everybody was predicting that. To be honest, I didn't watch much this week on other people uh, speaking mm-hmm. about it. No. Yeah. But it was to us pretty obvious, mm-hmm. and that happened. Um. The, the one major thing we did not get is that John Walker decided it, it was a good day. Yeah. You know, we yeah. we didn't get yeah. that. We we didn't get that. We did get a little bit of a raft scene with Zemo. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there was nobody else there with him, so we kind of got that one a little bit wrong. But um, the fact that cool. they showed Zemo at least gives you the, the idea that, hey, there's something going on over there. He's just you know, yeah. biding his time, reading his books um, or book. Uh, you think he reads that thing over and over? Probably. Or maybe it's a prop and he hasn't even read it. No, I, I, he's he's a uh, <laughs> like they he's say a, a well-traveled man, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think he's reading that thing over and over. So we did pretty well, and Isaiah Bradley. I think one of my bigger things was yeah, that you get the, the scene. Isaiah Bradley will be remembered because of Sam Wilson. One of my bigger things was that he'd have something in a in a museum. Absolutely. So and we both we both got, got something really good. Some some good guesses going there. Yeah and uh we did so, well yeah we did pretty well <laughs> compared to wandavision which we oh were absolutely gosh, we horribly were wrong way off yeah. but so was everybody to be fair yeah uh mephisto yeah we had a couple comments um on our post already at we just started recording you know what is it now 20 minutes ago mm. and they mentioned that the episode um maybe lost a little bit due to the covid stuff yeah. And I think that's going to be the story of everything that filmed in 2019, 20, mm-hmm. and 21. Um, if if you had a little bit left or something left to do or something you couldn't put in due to COVID, it's never going to be the original image. This storyline was supposed to be much different. The super soldier serum part of things was supposed to be a bigger emphasis on vaccines and a worldwide um, sickness and uh, mm-hmm. pandemic. And, and they, they took that out because right. of our real life pandemic and they didn't want to be offensive or insinuate anything. To be honest, I think it, there's never a better time than that for that storyline yeah. personally, but right. they just wanted to avoid things. So right. whatever. 
Um, so it did affect the storyline. And so it might have affected what they were able to put in the finale. Mm-hmm. And this finale was really, really strong in superhero ness. Yeah. Like this one was much less storyline, person to person driven. There was a lot of fighting, a lot of excitement, a lot of, you know, the helicopters were back. It was Sam Wilson's time to shine as Captain America. And we saw that in the end credits where it's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. They changed the title because it's new characters. So featuring U.S. agent, (laughs) not John Walker. Um, And so everybody's reversing roles and some people died. It, It wasn't episode five. And there's many reasons that um, you have to be glad it wasn't because episode five honestly didn't have much action. It was a lot of background. Mm-hmm. So we finally got our superhero, you know, shoot 'em up fighting scenes with uh, Sam Wilson. And it, it kind of drew us back to a movie we've been familiar with in the DC franchise, right? Yeah, The Dark Knight, for sure. It, it definitely had big Dark Knight, dark Knight vibes. Um, I... Uh, I don't know this. Uh, I mean, we had another comment that was like, you know, basically kind of saying like kind of paraphrasing here, but it was like kind of underwhelming mm-hmm. and that it would, the, the person thought that it would might be maybe setting up season two, which I, I kind of feel that way. Like th- th- that they're possibly setting up a season two type situation or at least like an, a movie or something for cap. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't, I think you have to set up a future story here with Captain America or else what was this for? Exactly. Because he's such a, uh, like, essential character. I mean, if they were creating another Iron Man, like, he's not just going to be a background character. Right. I mean, right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, he's. Cap's got to have. I I think it'll probably be a movie. I think it's going to be a movie. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, in the time that it would take to, like, put everything together and create that story. You know, we're going to be back in theaters and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to go big box office, I think with him or at the very least he would be in a movie like a new Avengers type movie as cap. But the storyline would be more revolving around what he's doing. Similar to like, uh, how, uh, Captain America Civil War is a Captain America movie, but you get a lot of like Iron Man story in it. So I could see that happening because, you know, once again, you know, they, they like to put their plans out there and they've got like what the next 10 years kind of mapped out and we kind of already have that listed out for us. All the ones Cap's that have been announced, right. but every now and then they do drop a new uh, yeah. series or movie on us. Yeah. So I, I, I would assume. It could be a season two, but I, I would think they they would go they would go big movie here. Uh, my major reason why it's not going to be a season two and it's going to be a movie is it's Captain America. Yeah, and these they lose money on these TV shows. Yeah, they make a ton of money on movies. Mm-hmm. Um, what these TV shows are doing is getting more subscribers for Disney Plus. They don't make money on them, hmm. so when you have a marquee character like uh, Sam Wilson's Captain America, you have to make a movie to, you know, think about how much money Steve Rogers' character brought in all this time. Mm-hmm. And he'll be able to do just that, that the fan base is as big as it's ever been. So I, I really think they're going to make, you know, a, a cool billion 
and call it a day. Right. Um, because I don't think they can afford to just, you know, the TV series are fun, but they're not making nearly enough money to justify the character. So I do think we could see a 2024, 2025 uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, um, maybe even sooner. But I don't know. We'll see. It's nobody said anything about seeing anybody on a uh, lot or anything like that. So they certainly are not going to just rush it in 2022 or 23 or anything. Yeah. But I think we, we were kind of right as well about our guess for what kind of Captain America he would be. He was he was Sam Wilson. Yeah. He was the guy that instead of fighting at, at the apex of the show, in my opinion, it was him talking on the camera. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to the senators or the senator and another person uh, that represents another country. I think it was the UK or something. But he was speaking on whatever news network it was um, just Multiple to them. Yeah. yeah. And he was mediating just like he always does. Mm-hmm. And so Sam Wilson's Captain America seems to be you don't always have to fight to, you know, get the best resolution. And a lot of reasoning. Yeah. And Steve was Steve was okay at that, but he was 100 years old and he wasn't relatable to a lot of what was happening at the time. And Sam Wilson's like every man Captain America. Yeah. So to me, it's like they took Steve Rogers from the comics and Sam Wilson and smashed it together because Steve Rogers in the comics is drastically different to Mm -hmm. me than Steve Rogers we got in the MCU but it had to be for what they were doing in the MCU but yeah for sure yeah Sam's honor is going to drive him and Mm -hmm. we saw that he can kick some butt but he's not like an overwhelming fighter Mm -mm. Um, he was about heads up with Batrock and you know Batrock's just a skilled fighter he's nothing special yeah. Uh, but with all his gadgets, he had like Red Wing had multiple extensions and uh, he looked like Iron Man out there when he was, you know, pushing the, the car up to yeah. save uh, save those people. So it looks like uh, Sam's going to have a lot of gadgets to go along with his fighting skills, which, you know, when you're talking the MCU, you need. <laughs> like they said, like what wizards, mm. androids <laughs> and, and aliens. Yeah. Is that the three things? Yeah. Well, he's an android. <laughs> yeah. So kind of. Yeah, I mean, he's not androidish, but he's an android as much as when I wear an Apple Watch, I can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. 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 So we're all walking androids nowadays. True. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, he's. Like I said, I I truly feel like this is almost like Steve Rogers' character. Uh, in the comic books kind of being like plucked from a little bit and and plugged into this Sam Wilson as well because of, uh, and I mean, Sam Wilson in the comics too, but like this is a, this is a, a very, very, very cool Captain America to me. Like this is a different Captain America and this is the one that, you know, I I think is going to be in the franchise for a long time. I hope so. I could see another nine like appearances. Yeah. As long I, I as Anthony hope. Mackie wants to do it. I hope so. It's always it always comes down to that. And you know, once again, if my predictions are are true and they and they kind of go with that Hickman type Avengers style for the next like big blockbuster storyline instead of like the Infinity Saga type thing, this is the Captain America to do it with. This is the exact like prototype of a Captain America to do that with. 
because of his reasoning, because of his like understanding of situations and also his humility. Like Steve had a lot of those qualities, but like Steve was also, once again, like you said, he was like kind of like old and like, not like, not as quick to grasp the like leverage of a situation. If that's, like a fair assumption to make yeah i mean he was personable but he also couldn't relate to a lot of people and yeah. he wasn't great in conversation he was actually quite awkward yeah you yeah. know so so this captain america i think is like a very good contingent for setting up that future storyline of uh you know uh, a hickman type avengers in the future yeah and what was really cool was that as I said before, they tie up their own loose ends and they're not really interested in building the future as much as they are just putting out a quality TV show. So first episode, our three main characters um, were Sam, Bucky, and John. Mm-hmm. And they all got their storyline resolutions. So yeah. that was very cool. Let's talk a little bit about Bucky because mm-hmm. um, he took a little bit of a backseat in this series to Sam because Sam was going through a, a huge change. Well, and his storyline was necessary. Yeah. Yes. But if we isolate Bucky, he went through his own level of change. Like he went from a, a rageaholic that has nightmares all the time, who's still fighting off uh, winter soldier memories and is not able to almost kind of like Steve, unable to grasp living in, in nowadays to a guy that's like walking around going to restaurants meeting a girl for a drink going to the therapist and ultimately in this final episode finds his peace and and that was what we talked about in the the series preview was what's his storyline he needs to find peace Mm -hmm. that's literally what we said and this episode the real smiles that are coming out of bucky's character have been great to see and genuine he found his peace through, you know, disclosing that he killed uh, Nakajima's son. And but that was only part of it. It was it was a realization of what Sam is going through and how, you know, Bucky is able to adapt in this new world. So it, they they finished his storyline. The therapist, he he said, hey, I finished I finished what I was supposed to do, like like a Boy Scout, you know? Yeah. And that was a cool moment because even though Bucky wasn't the star of this episode, he really wasn't, he got his storyline. Yeah, and they did a really good job of, you know, like I said, you know, Sam was the star, but, you know, the show is called Falcon and Winter Soldier. So he had to have a pretty big part of it and a pretty big chunk of it. And I think that they did a really good job of, like, managing the time between each episodes of, like, filling in the gaps of each person's story and how different they are and what they're coming to and what the resolutions of those stories would be. And I think they did a really good job of that. Um, you know, we kind of predicted, I think, that the Nakajima scene would be in the beginning. But Yeah, that was a little it. bit surprising. Yeah, we got it after, after the fight, which I was fine with. But the fight took place a lot earlier than I would have expected as well. I thought yeah. it was going to be, like, right in the middle, so, like, the end of the fight would be with, like, 10 minutes left or so. Mm. But they actually resolved it quite quick yeah like within the first 15 minutes right so but yeah i think that his story was just it it was amazing it was very emotional and very uh 
it just had a lot of weight to it and it was very uh, as much as he's like not really relatable at all they made him extremely relatable um because i think that we all in our past we might not obviously be you know a, a mind erased assassin <laughs> but like speak for yourself we do <laughs> we do have you know things that we've done in our past that we're maybe ashamed of and we might we we really probably shouldn't be because they they're probably not that big of a, a deal uh depending on the situation depending on the person obviously but like a lot of us tend to beat ourselves up over the past a lot of us tend to like dwell in the past and uh it it really does like destroy your brain because you're really like not allowing yourself to accept things and accept that, you know, while I've done some bad things or while I've maybe said some bad things or, or hurt somebody or like broke someone's heart or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, like you're not accepting growth and you're not accepting that, you know, and, and in not accepting that, you're not allowing room to grow as a person. You're literally just staying in that stagnant place. And so many of us do this. So they really did make the Winter Soldier super relatable. Um, as unrelatable, as I said, as, as he appears on the surface because of what he's been through, what he's done, all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, man, what a, what a journey. What a journey. Like the scenes in Wakanda, the, the, we, we, we talked a lot about that. Um, the scenes we got in this show, like Sebastian Stan's acting is very good. Like very, very good. Yeah. And I really hope we get him as Luke Skywalker. I'll, I just had to throw that in there. But uh, yeah, I, I man, I, I can't say enough about the story that they've done. And also the idea that they've set up for him being in the future. You know, I, I didn't always kind of see that. And so, as we talk about him, you can't not bring up his storyline extends as long as the MCU has really been around. Mm -hmm. So th there's a reason that this was Sam's story is because Bucky's already had like half of his story told. Yeah. We already know most of it. And this was no longer a hero story. It was a personal story for him. So for Sam, it was a hero story with personal stuff added into it. But yeah, the idea of this story was Bucky learning to live in this new world without Steve ultimately and it's interesting because like when you watch interviews Sam jokingly but is dead serious says uh, Sebastian's like the most boring person he's ever met and <laughs> that's it's kind of how the Winter Soldier is that's kind of how um, Bucky is yeah. so you know that's just what he's he is now and uh, so you can see some of like his personality or lack thereof in the character but even in that way he's opened up similarly to like i'm sure on set sebastian has a great time with with anthony but like if sebastian's on a new movie i'm guessing his personality doesn't open up much until he really gets comfortable with with a you know specific person yeah so you can see that playing in real life by the way i was correct about the shield it was damaged beyond repair yeah yeah, so, yeah. point to me kudos um and then the other character um, outside of Sam and Bucky was John Walker. So John Walker's story began as a awesome soldier 
who grew up kind of idolizing uh, Captain America and was chosen to be the next Captain America by the government, was given the shield that Sam relinquished uh, to the same senator. That senator was very important to the storyline, so Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's any kind of thing in the future there. Um, He may still be around. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, John, he basically realized uh, his being Captain America was, was extremely hard, and he wasn't ready for it. And he would probably, with his ego, I, I'll bet you he thinks he's ready for it now. And maybe he is. I don't know. But um, know. even through you know some of the good stuff he's done, I think his ego is still heavy. And we'll see it in the future. Um, but his journey was really, as you mentioned before, starting at such an elevated level of everybody loves you. And then he, what he needed to do was be more grounded, yeah. find his reality, um, learn how to be a better man rather than the perfect soldier. And he was kind of able to do that. Yeah, it's the old age old like thing of like learning how to take criticism. And uh, he obviously didn't take criticism very well at all or uh, adversity in, in that regard, and which was very shocking because of his like military record um but we uh man his his journey was was very very interesting and like low-key one of the best parts of this whole series actually i would argue he's the best thing we didn't know about going into it that mm-hmm. was no doubt a, a show stealer throughout the series yeah i when, before we get onto the like get into this series like before episode one I had no idea that we were gonna get this involved with the John Walker at all deep like deep storyline very line. deep with him um even after episode one you think like oh we're gonna hate this guy yeah and and that's he'll it give up the shield eventually yeah or get or, beaten or get or, beat yeah. right you didn't think they would get deep with him but yeah. they did and I'm glad they did because once again, you know, you get these characters in there that you think are kind of minor in these shows, and they just kick. It makes me wonder who that character is going to be in Loki. You know what I mean? Like you're you're obviously going to have Loki. That's the yeah. main person. Variations have of now, Loki. Yeah, they have a track record now of like introducing kind of minor characters. I wonder if it's Owen Wilson's character. I, I think it probably would be, right? It seems like it. Yeah, because they've cast. Pretty big names like Agatha Harkness. She's actually a really good actress. Yeah. In her own right, Wyatt Nelson's a really good actor in his own right. So like. And he's no doubt the biggest name in, in Loki. Yeah. Probably above in Tom. Owen Edelson. Wilson, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I think he's probably gonna be like a very crucial character to the whole story. Uh. But yeah, I think that um. John Walker's story was just, it was done very very well um and i thought that them telling the story the way that they did and like having him get knocked down having him like like forcing him to face adversity forcing him to like gain some essence of like humility through the whole thing and now accepting a different role yeah because he's actually happy to be u.s agent he's no longer worried about being captain america which is cool and the burden of captain america shifts to sam who is ready to take that emotionally yeah 
and John obviously wasn't. We got the nods. Like when, when Sam's walking away, he nods at, at John. John nods yeah, back. Which, thanks yeah. for pointing that out because I want to – what did you think? So initially I was like, that's like a, okay, I acknowledge that you did something good today, but also kind of stay out of my way nod. Mm-mm. And you didn't – I noticed immediately that you were like taken aback by the nod or something. Like what, what were your thoughts on that nod? My thoughts on that nod were actually the opposite. I, I thought that it was a nod of like Sam's gratitude for the situation and John's acceptance of him being Cap. Uh, because as we know from the previous episode, I felt like John kind of the character John Walker walks into this episode thinking, I've already got a plan B anyways. Like I've got Val. Right. Whatever that means, I don't really know, but like I've got a plan B for this whole thing. So um yeah, I, I think that that was what I got from the nod. Um what was just his acceptance and his acknowledgement of like, you know what? Like Sam, you actually deserve to be Captain America. I agree with that. And Sam's nod was more of like an acknowledgement of like, you know, thank you for for not doing what you've done the entire series and coming in and screwing things up. Yeah. So, and and thanks for the help basically, because there were times in the episode where John, it it seemed like he was going to screw something up and you were waiting for it and waiting for it, but then it didn't happen. And he actually did the right thing. And he had to really think about saving the, the people too. It wasn't like a gut instinct. Yeah. Which speaks to the future character he's going to have, which is like an in-betweener, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mostly agree with that. I think John John looked at him almost in a way that a cat looks like looks at a, a dog that's walking by. It's like, <laughs> I know you're here to do your work, and I'm not you. Um, but I do think there's still jealousy. I think there's an ego that still is to be fleshed out in the future. Um and I think Sam n- at least knows that. I do think he was appreciative, um, but I think he trusts them as, as far as he can throw them, basically. I don't know, man. I think that um, there might not be an element of trust, but there's an element of, like, we're going to do our thing, and then we're going to do our own thing kind of situation where like like you said like with the cat and the dog like any one of us can kind of rule the house or like sway the owner at any given moment but like for the time being like I'm cool with whatever happens kind of situation where like there's going to be a day where US agent is needed just like Val said sure but there's also going to be a day where Captain America is needed and those days are probably going to be more often than not. Yeah, that's kind of where I got my stay out of my way ideas. I think Sam's just like, okay, I appreciate what you did, but you just murdered somebody yesterday. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. we're not bros, you know. Yeah. Um, and then Sam, our title character, his arc, um, I don't know that we knew his arc going in. Uh, I think we did, in a way. I don't think we knew how big of a deal – the Isaiah Bradley that was, thing the was one. going to be. Yeah, that was the deal. And uh that 
like let's not underreact here like they now have a black captain america in the mcu and Mm -hmm. captain america is arguably the most valuable role left in the mcu because iron man does not there's no iron man definitely so uh yeah the fact that we have a black captain america and they gave us that storyline um that was the most impactful emotional storyline to me this this series with john walker's being um a second uh, not a distant second but a second because his his storyline was crazy but mm-hmm. um sam going through like it just shows you the difference because steve rogers it was just like oh you um lied six times to get into the military you have heart we're gonna shoot you up and then you're gonna go into battle yeah and it's just like boom done that's it yeah. but with sam his journey was like people tearing him down Mm -hmm. his own you know isaiah is is a black man and and he was saying you should never take this thing that's like embarrassing like and so kind of like an uncle tom situation yeah like so many people didn't want him to be captain america for on both sides yeah and he even said it he's like millions watching right now hate me for it Mm -hmm. but it's something i feel that i have to do and so this burden that Steve never had on him is heavy on Sam's shoulders, but he has wings, so he can take <laughs> yeah, it, you know? he can take it. So the, his storyline went from, I think initially in our, our preview of the series, we talked about becoming Captain America. That's, that's his main thing. Mm-hmm. And we were right, but again, we didn't know the depth at which he would have to fight. It wasn't how do I become Captain America? It was, what's the historical relevance of me becoming Captain America? What does this mean for the community? What does this mean for uh, everybody, nations moving forward? How am I supposed to balance these new, you know, these refugees and uh, the government and what they need? And I mean, we didn't know what all (laughs) it would take for him to become Captain America. And it took the entire series for him to feel comfortable um, doing it. And, we technically did not get a government scene acknowledging him as Captain America. No. So he is technically not the government's Captain America, but he is our Captain America. He's the people's Captain America right now. Yeah. And and I think that we were just very, very, very naive to the idea. We we just assumed like, oh, you know, he's Cap. All right, cool. Like, no. Like, we didn't take in the, the, the gravity in which, you know, having a, a, a black man be Captain America and and stuff like that because in, in a way it's almost I, I guess maybe we just didn't assume that they would kind of get into that yeah but like well bucky man, and glad steve they did. didn't they said it in the series bucky and steve did not realize the pressure and impact of being a black captain america so right who um, are we to be better than bucky and <laughs> steve <laughs> <laughs> yeah right right so uh but yeah man this I gotta go and, and go ahead and say I, I truly feel like this is maybe <sighs> this is top three for me stories in, in the MCU history easily like not even batting an eyelash at that it, it's top three to me storylines as far as like building a character up like like this one man this hit so deep man like just literal gut punches anytime isaiah was brought in 
um, you know, it, it just added a different type of weight to the characters. Um, and, and, you know, when, when you would get to these scenes in this episode of, you know, him, like you said, like when, when he's kind of breaking things down in front of the world, talking to the senator and talking to the, the leaders of the world, uh, how he's kind of tying that into Thanos and the, the power that Thanos had, um, and just making sense of the whole situation. Um, but also doing so once again, as a black man, uh, it, it just, it added so much to, to the MCU and, and what they're willing to get into to, uh, establish a new character and establish something great. And, uh, once again, shout out to Carl Lumbly. Yeah. Portrayed, um, Isaiah. He really, <laughs> he's the only guy in this series to make me cry. So yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not I, hard to do. I, I was, <laughs> but good job. I, the tears were on my eyelashes. They didn't fall on my face, but they were like eyelashes. Oh, the right bottom eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> they get to the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, he was it, phenomenal. He was so phenomenal. And and when we get to that, you know, closing scene with the with the with them and Oh my gosh, that's just so 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 awesome. Um We didn't get an Eli Sam moment. I thought he was telling Isaiah to go inside so he could talk to Eli. But mm -hmm. we saw Eli transform from like what do you want to like where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's enthused, right? And which is exactly what I thought we would get. And in, in, in when we were talking about the pre on the preview episode, yeah, I thought we would probably get some kind of sense of enthusiasm from from Elijah. The one 100%. thing I didn't pay close attention on because I was so enthralled with uh, Carl's acting when he was getting emotional was what was Eli doing? Was mm -hmm. he just like staring at the walls? I I don't know because I watched it once yeah, and I was focused on the once. conversation. We hopped right but into this podcast. If so. if Eli was like staring at the statue or staring at something else, I think that would be a significant yeah moment where he would go, "I want to be like yeah exactly my grandfather or uncle." I, I don't know their uh, you know their relationship. Grandfather. grandfather. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, wait. Great, great. Because <laughs> he's so old, right? <laughs> well, um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's very it's very interesting. Eli could have a future, but again, it's like they didn't they didn't set it up. They just kind of gave us the the seeds, and one day it could grow into a tree. Yeah. And speaking of seeds that could grow into a tree that have yet to be watered, Torres did not make an appearance as Falcon. He was back just in his himself. like little shop, right? Um, hanger, or, yeah, the hanger portion. Uh, so. They kept him. I think that's important mm -hmm. that they even, you know, acknowledged. Sh it. Yes, they showed him in the series um, finale, but it was a little too soon. Like, but once they showed John Walker switch so fast, I was like, well, okay, anything's at play here. But mm -hmm. we didn't get to see Falcon, um, and it, it makes sense. That, that, and it wasn't needed because Sam Wilson exactly. was going bananas. And, and and why would you introduce a new Falcon? in a show that's dealing with the old Falcon becoming Captain America. You know what I mean? So, sure. uh, yeah, I think, um, and, and I think this 
this brings up an interesting uh, thing too to talk about with him is if I'm right he gets the Falcon power basically from the power broker in the comics which the power broker in the comic is a little different because it's dealing more with like uh, kind of like symbiote like type situation like he becomes the uh, I think what like the ultimate carnage or something like that some variation of carnage um but nonetheless like falcon that version of falcon doesn't really become falcon per se until a meeting with the power broker or some kind of uh association with said power broker but um so yeah that 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 brings in an interesting question because like I don't think they'll go that way but like if the new Falcon is kind of working in tandem with like US agent or not or like if he's working with like someone else not really working with Sam Wilson I think that would be interesting however I kind of see it as they would probably acknowledge that at some point, but they wouldn't go that route because it definitely seems like he's going to be like, like my thoughts on this whole thing is that Bucky's going to maybe go off and do his own thing for a little while. And they're not really going to like pay too much attention to him. He's basically just going to be exactly what he was in the past. Just like the side character that kind of shows up every once in a while when the fight happens. I think Falcon, like the the Torres Falcon, becomes like a sidekick to Sam Wilson, not Bucky. As much as they set up him being the sidekick in this show, Bucky, like I, I don't see that. Because they're introducing Torres in, and Torres has already been involved with, with Sam for, it seems like a pretty good while. And they're pretty close, yeah. they're, they kind of work together pretty well, so I, I would assume... Yeah, I agree that they're setting up stuff in the future uh, with, with Torres being Falcon. They just didn't really, like, this on the Sam's nose. Story. Yeah, on the nose do it in this show. And, and I think moving forward, if Bucky's going to continue to be in the MCU, um, he's not the Winter Soldier anymore. No. So if he was go- – but he can't be, like, Bucky Barnes. So White Wolf seems like the next step, uh, in my opinion. Because you can't you can't keep calling him the Winter Soldier. He's finished that He's story. Finished. That that was this story. Yeah. So he was still you know nightmares Winter Soldier it made sense for this show. But the next time we see him, he's just strictly Bucky, and so he's gonna need a superhero name, you know. And I think White Wolf would be the logical next step, which means maybe he's in the next uh, like Black Wakanda Panther series. Uh, he could be in that. Um, I think he'd you know be pretty good fit for the movie as well so i think whatever his next story is it's wakandan related even though they said hey stay away for a little bit well we got a little bit (laughs) we got some time so Uh, i'm intrigued i'm gonna say hmm it's time for a bold prediction haven't you learned your lesson no (laughs) well my bold predictions have always been way down the line in the future it's never something that's like right, current, present. 
I think at some point, because we, we got the little nod to it in, in this episode of Sam Wilson saying that, like, basically it would take, like, death for him to, like, not be Cap or something along those lines, right? Well, he said, I may die. I'm Yeah, I may die doing this, and that's, you know. It's possible that he does, for sure. Like... Are you putting Sebastian Stan at like a 20-year MCU contract here? Is this what's about to happen? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. I mean... You think he's going to be the next Captain America? For like not very long. But yeah, I could see that happening. In a world where Sam dies in like six Sam, years. Yeah. Well, no. No, no, no. Maybe, maybe when we get to like the first like big event, he does something. Uh, but How many years? Yeah. Maybe 10. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like Se- Sebastian's already been in it for more than 10 years. Yeah. He's been in it for like 12. It's possible. You're putting him at 25-ish. It's possible. He didn't age. <laughs> no, I mean, he he's 108 years old and he has well, not aged. Not. <laughs> but he's not, right? He's going to be 45 taking bumps in <laughs> Captain America's suit. Well, hey, Sting was like 55 taking bumps. Uh, so, yeah, not much left. <laughs> um uh Okay, but I'm I, I, just throwing it out there, man. Anything's po- it, also, also, he could go on like something could happen to Sam. He he dies, and Elijah Bradley takes that step, and he's not the like. He doesn't accept the role as Captain America, but he becomes Patriot or something. Like they could do so many things. Bucky but, could lead the Young Avengers. That'd be hilarious. Well, that would be hilarious. <laughs> I would. He didn't like know how to, to do with kids at all. Yeah, I would like to see that. That would be amazing, actually. But I, I'm very curious to see what that role is for for Bucky, if there even is one. Because I don't think there is one right now. There can't be right now. There, there, there really can't be. Wait and see. He's a he's a hired mercenary yeah. actor. Yeah. For them right now. I, I think. In all honesty, I think. Bucky. Just this is like his ride off in the sunset because there's nothing. I can't really see them doing anything with a white wolf right now. There, there's no shot. Well, because I think with Black Panther, what 2, do you mean right now, though? Because Black Panther 2 doesn't come out for a long time. Black Panther 2, I think, has to be because what I once again, prediction time when we get to Shang-Chi. Uh, or the or the Eternals, actually no 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 no, no. Ant Man, which that's coming up pretty soon, right? Twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, somewhere around there. Next few years, I know that. That absolutely has to have a Fantastic Four tie in, whether it's an in credit scene or like an introduction into Reed Richards something, because the villain itself is tied into the Richards bloodline. So there has to be a tie-in for the Fantastic Four. And so if that's the case, um, I think Black Panther 2, and I have said it a lot, but I truly do believe Black Panther 2 has to have some kind of inclusion of Namor. Oh, I think there's 98% chance we already know Namor is going to be in it. Yeah, because... And if that's the case too, 
then how the heck does Bucky even fit into that? He doesn't. What is he going to do against Namor? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> like, no shot. Like, the best shot he has is if Namor is dry and there's not a single drop of water in sight and he just, you know, chokes him to death. <laughs> That's the one shot and that ain't happening. Uh, so, I I don't know, man. I, I think that, like, I think that this could be... So your guess is we don't see him again? Probably not. If we do, it would be it would have to be a pretty big event. Like it would have to be you know, like a, an Avengers type movie, like a New Avengers or Young Avengers, whatever. Like, I think there's a place for him just because his relationship with Ao, it seems to be so strong at this yeah. point that there there's tie-ins there, and I think if there's anywhere for him to go, it's got to be that way. There's no other scenario where he makes sense anywhere. Uh, maybe Black Panther three. After <laughs> you're still trying to contract him for the next ten years, <laughs> uh, maybe yeah, sure, but like, and Wakanda does have a TV series coming out, so because you know if we're doing Namor and Black Panther two, I think a big event has to happen in Wakanda, and if that big event happens, then he's gonna know about it, and then he's gonna return to Wakanda, and it's gonna be you know in shambles maybe, or something's gonna be going on, uh. And if that's the case, if Namor has been dealt with by then, then I think you see Shuri as Black Panther and, like you said, him as the White Wolf going forward into Black Panther number three. I hope it's M'Baku. I still am still holding out hope for that. I, I, I just I would rather see Shuri just because of her tech, because she's already kind of an established Black Panther in comic lore. Yeah. Um, and I think that would just be awesome. It, it would be so cool. I mean, I get Mbaku too because he's number one. He's a great actor, and definitely deserves it. I mean, he, he's the best fighter in Wakanda, and he's yeah, so. he's the best fighter in Wakanda. So it would make and sense. She's just so smart that I'd rather have her at the controls. Right. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd be fine with her as Black Panther too. It'd yeah. Be exciting. Yeah. Um, I just think he fits the like logically if you were gonna pick the next Black Panther because. Typically, they fight for it. So yeah. <laughs> is he going to beat up gonna... <laughs> Shuri? Shuri? I don't like... think she'd even want the, the role. I think, unless they appointed her, I don't think she'd be up for like fighting people. Yeah. But maybe that's a storyline, the first you know, woman Black Panther or something. Yeah, maybe they appoint it to her, and then M'Baku's like, wait, you appointed it to her? We're supposed to fight for this thing. Yeah, I hope M'Baku doesn't have another like troubled side, though. I like I his, his arc. Right. So outside of those three, we were left with Sharon and Zemo as our, our next two biggest characters. And Zemo's story kind of wrapped up his his journey. Oh, he was didn't really cool. have one. He, he did. He did. <laughs> I mean, his his, his journey, journey was, was sure top-level manipulation once again. There weren't any super soldiers. That's true. He, he finally finished the majority of his story. Um while he was in prison there were super soldiers created and he was able to indirectly kill most of them whoa go ahead he doesn't know that john walker's a super soldier i think he would know just from finding out well he he made the call to kill 
those three. So he has to Walker, be up with current events. John's the only one that knows he's a super soldier. Maybe Val. But like John's I, I would the trust Zemo to know. I don't know that he knows. Because why else would he look so pleased in his cell still knowing that there's one other super soldier left? Like he looked like he was like, Okay, yeah, all the super soldiers are erased all as well. Except Bucky. Except for Bucky, which he's made amends with Bucky though. Like yeah. it's not but he's still his, a super in his soldier. Ideal world, he his would still like world, Bucky to be gone. Right. But like Bucky's not really a problem. He's not a pressing issue because he's not in the forefront of what's going on in the world. I just feel like Zemo always knows everything. It's yeah, I, I like that idea too. Like because like how else would he sense. have made the call yeah. to kill those people if he didn't have a plug? Right. I mean, maybe it's possible he told his guy, hey, I'm going to prison. Make sure these people die. Mm-hmm. That's possible. Yeah. What, what is his old self? How did he do that anyway? Uh, <laughs> he just, I guess he just walked up and lined it while yeah. everybody was fighting. And then, yeah. Nobody's going to suspect an old man. Right. And he's just sitting across the street. Yeah. Um, so, but it is interesting that they were taking every single prisoner in this uh, series uh, to the raft. Yeah. So that that seems to be the superhuman home. like prison at this point. Like yeah. everybody's going there. Which once again just leads me to believe Namor's out there somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Ever since the earthquakes off the coast, yeah. he was coming. Yeah, for sure. It's just a matter. I don't know how big of a role he'll have in Black Panther two, but I do think I he's going to have huge. Uh, I really quite do. a significant um, piece of it. I remember Childish Gambino was like the first speculated actor for it i don't know if anything's changed there but usually the first doesn't get cast right um because like how many people were cast to be captain america right right (laughs) and uh sharon was our last character Mm -hmm. um that was the main she actually had more of a like crazy (laughs) yeah but like more of like time which i guess should be expected between her and zemo but like wow zemo went to prison yeah she she was just from, I mean she's had by far the biggest evolution of any character in this series from when we saw her to now. Yeah, like she went from agent that's just like, you know, here to help, rah rah, go team, to <laughs> I'm working for eight different agencies and double crossing them all. You know. Yeah. Right. So she's, I guess her. Well, we didn't know what her story arc would be because we didn't know where she was at. But um, over time, it became, I guess, figuring out as much as she possibly could to enhance her own personal situation. Yeah. And she did it. Which? She survived. Makes sense. (laughs) I mean. Yeah. She's uh, back in with the government. Yeah. Uh, Escaped Madripoor. Wow. That she already conquered, apparently. Right, right. So she's, and she's a beast. Oh, she's so good. Like she's, she's killing really people good. for with no remorse. Mm-hmm. She's definitely like when she did that, I was like, hmm. she she's never gonna be the same. You know, when you kill somebody, kill somebody, you're you're not like a superhero. There's something else in you. you know? Yeah, that's one of the rules of superherodom is. You, you really don't, don't try to kill people unless it's last resort, you know? Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, she's... Although sometimes she's, gravity, you can't help it. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, Sam Spider-Man. Wilson's like, hey, man, helicopter, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of helicopters in the series. Lots of helicopters. Lots of flight. 
Yeah. What'd you say? Which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, but Sharon, yeah. Um, she was one of those characters that was like, you know, she, we we knew that she would be in the series, but you're like, hmm, where does where the heck does she fit in? Like, how does she fit in at all? Yeah. And she really didn't. She really didn't. Yeah. It was kind of a weird thing with with her because you just never really knew what was really going on, and every scene kind of seemed weird. Like, she was killing people, sure, but, like, the scene with her getting into the back of the car, and she's, like, on the phone with people, and she's, like, you know, doing different things. She's hiring Batrock. She's, you know, apparently now the power broker. Like, there's... And I have a theory. Yeah. Because as we move to our final character to cover, Carly, I think these two characters had by far the biggest changes with the... Uh, COVID related changes for sure because most of their scenes when they're talking to somebody else on the phone or something uh, it's not on their face so a lot of what they're saying is post-production audio Mm -hmm. so whatever the storyline was supposed to be between Sharon and um, the flag smashers involving vaccines uh, it wasn't it wasn't there to be told. So yeah. they used a lot of the footage that they had, and you'll notice that they, they panned to another character as they're talking about specific stuff related to um, vaccines or the serum as it became the, the main storyline there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably why her scenes felt a little bit weird and also why Carly's scenes at times felt a bit rushed mm-hmm. um, related to the Flag Smashers because it took a long time for us to understand the Flag Smashers, and we never really got deep into Donya's story um, because she was probably killed by this disease that they later called tuberculosis even though it shouldn't have been tuberculosis initially so um, Carly though her journey may have been a little different uh, I think it stayed to to its heart the same in that she I think it boils down to the line she said why is why do we have to pay or something like that um to be on this planet like to be human on this planet yeah and so her story ultimately was trying to inspire change against this new government that does not validate them as humans she went about it some weird ways but ultimately she's got a big imprint on this uh universe now because there's always going to be a rebellious group of people and she was one of the the people that that led um, the flag smashers, which is going to be just this version of the next, you know, uh, riled up crowd. It was exactly what I thought it would be. Honestly, it was uh, people that felt wronged, and instead of just like letting it happen, standing up and saying no more. Obviously, they did it the wrong way at many times. But, um, I mean, they got their, their voices heard in the end. And, uh, you know, it's obviously because of Sam Wilson and because of his morals and his, uh, you know, humility, whatever you want to call it. Like there's his character in itself, uh, was able to continue that message without it being disruptive to everything and without it being you know typecast as terrorism you know uh which is important because in reality that that movement 
truly wasn't like a terrorist type of movement. It was a movement that was there to say, we see what you're doing and you're doing it wrong and you're in, you're hurting more people than you're ever going to help. And you're, you know, going about this, like, you know, the, the, the analogy that Sam makes of their power to Thanos is, it is so true because if the government, if the governments of the world would right. have completed what they were trying to do, yeah, you would have ended up wiping out a ton of people. You would have just wiped their existence from the earth, which is no different than what Thanos did. And that's not right. No way that you cut it up. It's not right. And, you know, to have armed people uh, standing yeah. outside of something that's supposed to be a resource for others in their existence on this planet. Like they, there's no denying dude. like the flag smashers were never truly a terrorist organization. It was because of their actions and because the bad actions outweighed the message at times that it became quote unquote, the terrorist organization that it was. But yeah, I, I thought that it would be exactly what I thought it, it what it was in that, it was never really, they were never really truly like a villainous thing. It was just, you know, how do we kind of get this message across in the end? And it would be through Sam. And Sam Wilson had one of my favorite uh, paragraphs, I guess, that we've ever seen in the MCU. And essentially it was, a girl was willing to die to stop what you are trying to do and you never even bothered to ask why yeah what a fantastic line yeah wasn't a paragraph but the whole thing was a monologue mm-hmm. um that just oh my god that hits so hard because it's too often uh reaction is met with force instead of Logic. empathy you know like oh you're upset and you're acting out. Stop it. It's rational. It's irrational versus rational. Yeah. You sh- That's not the way to correct something. Like we've learned over a long period of time now. When uh, somebody's doing something wrong, you don't just go, no, because they don't know what they're doing wrong. And so when somebody's upset, you're supposed to say, why are you upset? Mm-hmm. But too often it's met with stop crying stop this stop you know why are you protesting why do you have this opinion why is this um it's not how can we help you know right and so for him to to say the line of like you never even bothered to ask why we're upset and we're willing to die for it Mm -hmm. that's incredible that i've never heard that before yeah and i mean the writing of of marvel is fantastic and, and it's so relatable to just real life especially with you know the the conversation of protests in the world over the past five years or so mm-hmm. how it you're not supposed to just fight somebody who's trying to get change because what happens when you fight that person that's trying to get change is it all turns to violence on both sides but it's not violent inherent uh, inherently it's just inspired change. And then when you meet that inspired change with violence, everything becomes violent. Instead, in the first place, take Falcon's advice, Sam Wilson, Captain America, say, hey, why are you upset? Right. 
and you can move from there. You can work with that. No matter how big your differences are, if you can have that conversation, everything changes. Yeah, everything changes. And like you said, it just it speaks to what's going on in the world today and what's been going on in the world for centuries. Uh, and it just, once again, it just it hits so much different coming from Sam Wilson than if, if Steve Rogers was to say that, right? Um, so it, it just, like you said, you know, when we're talking about like protests and stuff like that, instead of asking, you know, that question of like, you know, the two questions of like, why is this happening? Why, why are you, why do you feel the way you do? And what can I do to help? Like, those are two questions that should always be asked when people are protesting something, when people are upset. And because if you really think about it, you know, when we talk about marches in history, when we talk about protests, when we talk about sit-ins, when we talk about whatever, if you have a movement of people that are going and and marching for change or, or doing whatever they're doing in change, when you have a movement, when you have you know, thousands of people screaming the same thing. You have to ask Millions, why. Sometimes. Millions. Yeah. Well, you have to ask why. Because if you don't, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because everything's just going to not ever get resolved. Nothing's going to happen. Because it's going to end in, like you said, it's going to always end in violence. It will. Every time. Because you're not stopping to ask why. That's the biggest question. That's the biggest like thing that could be handled so much differently is just if people stopped, got out of their own head, got out of the own little box that they kind of live in and just ask why. Why? If we did that more often with not only just protesting, but in everything else anything. in general, anything, it relates to anything, science, it relates to whatever. Why? And we all we all are do it, you know. We we all are guilty of it in certain ways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, We're all kind of ignorant to to some degree yeah. of certain things, and we just don't ask why in certain. Absolutely. You know. and, and when he said, why, "Why are you calling them terrorists?" You know, you shouldn't do that. Right. And thugs and all this stuff, like it just reminded me again, real life situation. You know, we're we're over in you know the Middle East and. Mm. We we're like, well, why are there so many radicalized people? And it's like, well, right, exactly, because they play, you know, video of of us attacking them all day. And yeah, it's a lot of it is peacekeeping. Um, but there's there's things we do when we overstep boundaries mm-hmm. that cause all this radicalization. Because the the word radical means there's something to oppose. Yeah. If there's nothing to oppose, then the radical nature of people would subside to a point. There's always going to be people who want to do harm. Mm-hmm. It's never going to go away. And there's always going to be people that despise just Western culture, Western living. Yeah. Yes. But we don't have to. It uh, doesn't escalate. We don't have to grow it. You know, we exactly. don't have to add on to it. And that's what happens when you fight um, change with with fire. Right. You know, when you see something that spooks you, do you do you research it or do you just go, nope, I don't want to see that? You know, do you pull a Wanda? Like, what do you do? 
it reminds me of something that I thought was interesting in that, you know, uh, when you take people who live in a certain culture and they've lived it their entire life, they've lived that way, they've lived around that culture their entire life, and then you throw them into a different area of the world, maybe, uh, and they keep their culture with them because it's important. That's the, the rock. That's the foundation of who they are. What's like the most, one of the most important things to a culture? It's very, very like easy. You're asking me? Yes. What's most like the most, one of the most, it's kind of stupid, but it's like literally, it, it really is one of the most important things to a culture is it's food, sure. right? Yeah. So like, at least if externally. You, if you pluck something, if you pluck someone from a culture and you plant them in a different area, they keep that culture with them and they start like cooking their food. Everyone else around them is going to be like, oh my God, that stinks. Right. Because they're not adjusted to it. But it's that initial reaction of like, oh my God, this stinks. Like, get away. Like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to be around this. That's like, that's literally our reactions to any time any kind of change is brought out. Because like, you don't sit there and stop and think like, oh, that's different. People's initial reaction is, oh, I got to get away from this. I do. I love food. Right, right, right. I, I, I'm I interested. Kind of <laughs> I'm interested in what this is. Like, I want to know what this is. Food and names. Yeah. There's a Dikembe I want him in my group project. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I want to hear some stories. Interesting <laughs> names. Oh, man. It's always great. It's always a great time. Like, and but that, once again, I mean, that says a lot about character. It says a lot about, like, what you've been exposed to and, and what you think is important. And if you've asked yourself why. I think that's a huge part of this show in general. All six episodes kind of dealt with that underlying theme of why. Yeah. So like this show really went above and beyond on the cultural relevance. It definitely did. Definitely big time. Uh, Which makes sense because that's Sam Wilson's Captain America. Yes. Like that's a comic book thing. Yes. Like that works and it's as relevant as ever. And it, by the way, when you talk about it, people are like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get some pushback. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and whatnot. This is just too culturally, you know, politically correct man, for me to enjoy. And it's like, know, who cares, man? You know, I, I got to say this. It's just ridiculous. The, the people that feel that way, how do you even, how do you, in 2021, how are you even entertained by anything? It's real life, man. Like, how do you find entertainment in anything? Because I'm it's hit over the face with political correctness because there's right. a guy that was erased that was black. Like, yeah, that happens. <laughs> yes. I mean, come yeah, on. That's hap that's our, the our history of this country. Literally basically. given placebos to people with syphilis and told them it was a, a, a oh, uh, yeah. whatever it was called, yeah, a yeah, cure. Yeah. A cure. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. There's a you reality. Have, uh, you know, Black Wall Street. That happened. Like, Man, there, there's so many things over the course of we just watched, the past hundred years. We right? watched Judas and the Black Messiah. You know, oh, like, dude, that's great oh, story, a tragic story. But these are things that didn't happen that long ago. Like yeah. these are stories that should be told. And Did they've you? always here's the thing: they've always been told. They've just been told with 
smaller films now that it's in disney yeah that's where the problem comes in because i don't want it to impact my superhero right like, come Did on you, man i gotta ask now that we've seen the movie i don't know whether i asked you this or not after we saw it but judas and the black messiah did you know the story going into it no i mean okay. i knew that the story of most of what the black panthers went through and things like right. that but i don't know his story yeah i uh it took me maybe I don't know like 30 35 minutes because I didn't really look too far into it like I didn't know that that's what we, the story was based upon Fred Hampton yeah yeah and then once it kind of clicked I was like oh wait a minute that's that story and I was like oh I knew of his name and I knew of the major shootout yeah but that's all yeah so uh, that was interesting but, but what a what we're a, getting what a more of this in Disney and it's not going to stop because no. he- hello there's more um filmmakers that are coming up in the world that have stories to tell mm-hmm. and i mean wakanda a country a small country in africa was just shown as to be the most technologically advanced country in the world yeah okay so what that's awesome <laughs> it, like the the line of like el dorado they thought it was in mexico the city of gold and whatnot like that's cool mm-hmm. and and yes and and they might go well that's comically relevant well so is this yes so is this and so, so this. i just enjoy it like if you like marvel don't i don't care who you like if there's a basketball player that i like and he's done some off off the court stuff i don't buy his jersey i just watch him on the court like just yeah if there's something you don't like even if there's an actor you're not i mean and if if there's an actor you don't like then you might not like the, the show itself but if there's an actor you don't like their beliefs or something that doesn't have anything to do with the actual show and yeah. if you're afraid of putting money in their pocket, they're already rich. They it's ain't, like Chris ain't worried Pratt. about that. Yeah. Like some people don't like Chris Pratt because of who he is as a person or yeah. like what his beliefs are as a person. Who like cares? why are you looking that far into it? Because you know here's I mean? the thing, like, you're not rooting for Chris Pratt, you're rooting for Star Lord. <laughs> yeah, you're rooting for so, Star Lord, you're rooting for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and this is a relevant conversation because moving forward, you just have to realize that this is the reality. Yeah. So yeah. If you like these stories being told, that's great. If you don't like these stories, that's fine too. Like that's totally that's okay. Totally fine. But right. if you're like offended by, uh, you know, Sam Wilson being stopped by a cop while he's in uh, Washington, then I'm sorry. Or I'm Maryland very or sorry. wherever they were. Right. But right. but like not too bad. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> so this is this is the stories that are going to be told. This is the commentary that we're going to have to make. Um, I am because this is this is what we've got, man. Thoroughly excited for this as well. Because I, I I love this type of conversation because to me, I kind of look at a positive side to it because you're getting these narratives out there. And what are these narratives kind of preaching is that, you know, change. And I'm a person that really... Change chi. Yeah. <laughs> I, I truly do. I mean, I've kind of seen a bit of change in my life just a little bit but i know that there could be drastic change and i and that's what i kind of want to see in the course of my lifetime and i hope we do that we do see some very very significant change and i think here recently you know like the past week we saw you know something that was pretty huge and uh you know i think that that's as much as it doesn't erase what's been done it doesn't erase the history or past 
that, that, that didn't get that kind of result. Uh, it's definitely a small little like pebble to, to build off of. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I love kind of having these kinds of conversations because to me it just, it, just talking about it, you know, and, and being civil, it, it, it creates, I think, an opportunity for change. We have a movie coming up later this year with an almost all Asian American cast. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, what is it, the second woman to get her solo film in the MCU? Captain Marvel, right? That's, that's Captain it. Captain Marvel, yeah, that's it. So Black Widow um, so yeah, coming out. Black Widow. So, you know, welcome. We're welcome getting to the new age. You know, the Eternals. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot a of very, a very diverse, diverse cast. Very diverse cast, which very excited first, about. First, uh, you know, first on-screen gay kiss. I think they they said is is coming. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what I think is interesting too. We've seen a lot of teasers, right? Like we've seen a lot for uh, like Shang Chi. We've seen obviously a lot for Black Widow. It almost seems like we've seen the entire movie so far because of all the trailers and stuff that they've released. But uh. We've also seen stuff for Loki. We haven't seen anything for the Eternals yet. And that's like a November release because uh, Spider-Man's like a December release. Yeah, we're going to have to do a news show to catch up on everything that's going on because I don't know if they've filmed yet. <laughs> like, yeah. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I would assume so because oh boy, that got ripped is probably just like, hey man, I can't hold this much longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, they always get ripped for like Dude, three weeks jacked. of shooting and then like that's another thing these actors that look amazing it's not for they, very long no they do it for a couple of weeks of shooting and then they eat pizza because it takes so much it's incredible it's and by the way mostly it takes steroids too so that but it also like they're literally like starving themselves in most cases and like yeah man it, it's not great like their bodies for our have pleasure to be, yeah pretty much like the stuff that Chris Hemsworth had to go through, yeah, just to, like that's insane. He's a big man. dude, man. Yeah. So we've got Loki next, but that's going to be a little little ways away now, and uh, we've already made it through WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which doesn't that's pretty seem incredible, real, right? It just seems like yesterday we were like, oh, I'm so excited for WandaVision. Yeah, I, I can't we, believe we've it. We've got through both now. This is crazy. It's so been this, a crazy journey for us. This show was a lot of fun. Um, it sets a couple things up in the future, uh, allowed us to have a good time while it was on. We will be bringing you, uh, one to two episodes per week. Um, we're going to try to stay on the Friday track with, uh, episode releases. And if we have a second episode, it will generally be on, uh, Tuesday. So keep an eye out for those. Um, want to say thank you for listening uh, if you could like us on Facebook, the Marvel Guys Podcast, and on Apple Podcasts, if you could subscribe and um, leave a review, we would really appreciate it. It helps us tremendously. And the more that we're able to do, the more content we'll be able to give you guys. So, you know, the, the more ratings and reviews we have, the easier it is for us to, you know, value our time to do this. So we appreciate everything you guys have been doing for us. Please do leave comments uh, on this post and let us know what your thoughts were. 
your thoughts are as valid as ours. We just happen to have a microphone. So yeah, that's um, the only difference. Yeah. So we really appreciate you guys listening to this. Uh, we will have uh, some exciting news coming in the next few weeks. Um, not even Spencer knows this news. So oh, I, I will uh, be. Wow. Okay. I'm working on it currently, and uh, it'll be um, released to everybody. I, I hope within the month. And not okay. this month. <laughs> the, uh, calendar, like the, the calendar next thirty month. days. Yeah. Okay. So okay. it'll be it'll be fun. Um try to try to do as much as we can with this. I don't want to get spoiled on it. No, I won't tell you. Okay. You're I'm not cool. gonna find yeah. out. All right, cool. <laughs> You're gonna I'm find out on it. the podcast. I wanna do yeah. Whenever I reveal yes. it. Yes, yes. That I so, love that. Uh, I love that. Yeah, any any last thoughts? The Falcon and the Winter Soldiers is done. Falcon and Winter Soldier is done. Uh I've honestly I I've got my own little plans. For the next few weeks, okay, we have some time off for uh, episodes, ideas, and uh, just like I said, you know, revisiting, you know, the the previous uh, little storylines that I was kind of developing and stuff like that on my own, like a little fantasy booking of comic books uh, and writing in general, which uh, I like to write. So, um, Got a lot of stuff going that way. If you've ever listened to those episodes, previous episodes, they're they're up. If you haven't, but uh, if you have and you kind of kind of remember what's going on, I'm just gonna say it. Fantastic Four is definitely coming. That was the whole premise of the idea was to merge Fantastic Four and merge the Marvel Knights together to create like one storyline. Uh, and the Fantastic Four is obviously going to have like a massive role in everything going forward, but it's also going to get extremely crazy. Like, like I said in the previous episode, I got things outlined for the finale for everything, uh, at least maybe like six issues. So, uh, be looking for that, which Very actually cool. makes sense, right? Because six issues, that's like three weeks, two episodes a week, whatever. Yeah. And so, do you have it all written down in kind of one spot? Yeah cool because i think the entire we'll, storyline kind of we'll like, do one episode where you do everything and just have it a, a one size fits all as well Ooh, it'll be like your own uh audiobook cool. ah i like that so that's that's neat um and then if anybody's a good artist oh track man. them down dude that would, that would be <laughs> sick to actually have like drawings of it that yeah, yeah story like little scenes um that'd be neat who knows if anybody uh is interested <laughs> in doing that then hit spencer up for sure um so again thank you everybody for listening uh, we will see you very soon and I hope you have a wonderful day.